0: Uh, my name is Reverend Brandy Rigsby, and I am just so glad that we can be gathered in person and through the gift of technology as we worship today. I do wanna take a moment to offer a few announcements and reminders. Um, I wanna welcome each and every one of you, and if you're joining us online, <coughs> Excuse me, please know that we do have Kurt in the back today, and he'll be uh, answering any questions you may have. But take a moment to check in, let us know you're here, and we continue to stay connected. Also, another reminder we do have an offering basket in the back and an online giving option on our webpage. And I just want to say thank you for your continued support and generosity to our church and its ministries, both here locally and around the globe as part of a larger denomination. All right. Next Sunday, hard to believe. Next Sunday, September 10th, we will be resuming our Sunday school classes. So our adult class that meets right across the hall will begin. I think they start at 8:45 in the morning. They like to get a real head start on things. So if you have not participated in the class, please know everyone is welcome, um, and that is led by Mr. Terry Maris. And again, they'll start meeting next Sunday, 8:45. And then we have our tween Sunday school class that meets further down the hall in the junior high classroom and that's for our students in third grade through sixth grade also chancel choir and bell choir are resuming this thursday is their first rehearsal for the season and they will meet at six o'clock for the bell choir seven o'clock for the vocal choir and then they will be joining us in worship next sunday The Harvest NURB Festival, September 16th. We will be participating again with a float in the parade. So if you are willing and able to ride on the float, we need as many folks as we can for that. If you can please RSVP with the church office, it helps us know how many we have coming to make sure we're prepared. And also we're looking for donations of candy, wrapped candies and water bottles so we like to fill some buckets and the kids on the float throw the candy out as we travel down the street and we have adults who pass out the water bottles to all those who are out for the parade as well so any of those donations you can offer we'd appreciate you can bring those into the church office as well finally friends on this labor day weekend where i want to take a moment to remind us how far we have come and caring for the rights of workers. But did you know that the United Methodist Church has a long history of involvement in the movement to protect and promote the welfare of workers? So today, I wanna take a moment to share with you a short video, a little bit of history on the United Methodist Church and the Labor Day Labor Movement. never to read and write
1: they never learned to read they never
0: Our uh, social principles have long been a guiding light for churches, for our country as we've cared for those who work. You know, we we remember the history of children working in coal mines and factories and people working long hours for little pay. And John Wesley and our our mothers and fathers of history through the United Methodist Church took great pride in caring for the least of these. And they did that by promoting safe labor practices for those in the workplace and also child labor laws. So today as a congregation we reflect on that continued call upon us to care for those who are out in our community working day in and day out, those who are working um, for a fair wage, a a living wage among us. So I just offer that quick preview.
2: At the turn of the 20th century, the U.S. was shifting from a rural agrarian society to an industrial economy. Children as young as four joined adults, working in factories and coal mines. In 1908, the Methodist Church took a stand for the rights of workers with a social creed that called for an end to child labor, a fair wage, and safety standards. In
3: 1912, Teddy Roosevelt, was quoting much of the content of the Social Creed, which was four years after the Social Creed had been written.
2: The idea of a denomination setting these ideals in writing was groundbreaking, but the principles had a long history.
3: Actually, the predecessor bodies of the United Methodist Church had for over 100 years had statements on peace, on world order, anti-slavery, fairness for all. So our history since the time of Wesley really, there were always statements in the books of discipline about the Methodist commitments to social holiness and to justice. So it's never not been there.
2: In Washington, DC, the Reverend Susan Henry Crow heads the General Board of Church and Society, the United Methodist Agency tasked with advocating for the values contained in the social creed. The former pastor gained an appreciation for the church's clear stance during an early appointment, pastoring a church amidst the textile mills of South Carolina.
3: I was visiting one of my parishioners, several of whom worked in the textile mill right beside the church. And he was standing in ankle high water. And I said, Mr. Smith, what happened today? And he said, oh, this is normal and I was so shaken by it.
2: Today, Henry Crow's office overlooks the Supreme Court and is just steps from the U.S. Capitol.
3: As members of Congress come to work every day, they walk by this building and see what our witness is.
2: Labor conditions in America have changed over a century, but there's still a need for people of faith to embrace the United Methodist social creed. Says Church and Society's John Hill. We have been calling for a living wage in every industry since 1908, and I reflect on both how inspiring that is and how uh, frustrating that is. Now more we take faithful positions on a number of issues, and then our job is to make sure that those words don't just gather dust on a shelf somewhere, that we live them out in our lives, and that we uh, challenge those systems that prevent them from uh, being realized in the world.
0: to care for those among us. At this time, friends, I invite us all, may we enter into this time of worship with open hearts. May we feel God's spirit at work in us today, and may we hear God's voice calling our names. Will you join me in an attitude of worship?
4: Good morning. Good morning. Would you rise as you are able for the call to worship please. God whose love is pouring over us welcomes us here today. Praise be to God. God whose healing power is ready to bind up our wounds welcomes us here today. Praise be to God. God whose transforming presence offers us hope and peace welcomes us here today. Please remain sorry, please remain standing for hymn number ninety two in the hymnal. scripture reading comes from psalms 26 verses 1 through 8 establish justice for me Lord because I have walked with integrity I've trusted the Lord without wavering examine me Lord put me to the test purify my mind and my heart because your faithful love is right in front of me I walk in your truth I don't spend time with people up to no good I don't keep company with liars I detest the company of evildoers, and I don't sit with wicked people. I wash my hands. They are innocent. I walk all around your altar, Lord, proclaiming out loud my thanks, declaring all your wonderful deeds. I love the beauty of your house, Lord. I love the place where your glory resides. The word of the Lord for the people of God.
0: time I'd like to invite our children forward as Miss Anna shares with us.
5: is what? A butterfly. I love butterflies. Has this butterfly always looked like this? What does a baby butterfly look like? Smaller. Henry, what does a baby butterfly look like? Yes, you said caterpillar. That's right. And a caterpillar doesn't have these big, beautiful wings, does it? No, caterpillars crawl on the ground, but this butterfly, this butterfly can fly, right? Oh, it's encased in something? Well here, Rory, let's make it, let's make it fly. Can you catch? Yeah, okay, here. All right, ready, let's make it fly. Can you stand over there, Rory? Yay. Is it flying? Sort of. Yay. It's not, it's not quite the same, is it? No. Uh, Outside. Yo, outside you think it would fly? Well, maybe not this one. Now, you guys are a little bit like a butterfly. Did you know that when you ask God into your heart, you got to be new? You're not a little caterpillar anymore. You are something much more beautiful, right? And as a butterfly as a new creation oh you guys get to fly even higher and one of the ways that we can fly like a butterfly to get closer to god is to pray and be new and love others so how can we love others as Christ's children Uh uh-oh this isn't good you don't know how do we love other people could you help your mom and dad at home you do do you help do chores yes do you do what your parents ask you to do yeah oh ellen's so good she follows all the rules you do too oh well sometimes like my little fake butterfly sometimes we pretend to do what we're supposed to do does anybody like Pretend to do nice things, but not really do nice things? No. Not really? That's good, Rory. Well, God calls us to love other people. That's how we can be truly beautiful creatures that God created, is to love others. But sometimes we don't do that fully. We pretend, right? So we need to remember to love fully unauthentically, like like what Paul tells us to do. Yeah. okay well looks like i'm losing you so let's pray you ready to pray okay ready dear god thank you for loving me and making me new remember that i oh remind me that i am made to love real and true amen
4: Our second scripture reading comes from Romans 12:9 through 21 Love should be shown without pretending, hate, evil, and hold on to what is good. Love each other like the members of your family. Be the best at showing honor to each other. Don't hesitate to be enthusiastic. Be on fire in the spirit as you serve the Lord. Be happy in your hope. Stand your ground when you're in trouble and devote yourselves to prayer. Contribute to the needs of God's people and welcome strangers into your home. Bless people who harass you. Bless and don't curse them. Be happy with those who are happy and cry with those who are crying. Consider everyone as equal and don't think that you're better than anyone else. Instead, associate with people who have no status. Don't think that you're so smart. Don't pay back anyone for their evil actions with evil actions, but show respect For what everyone else believes is good. If possible, to the best of your ability, live at peace with all people. Don't try to get revenge for yourselves, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. It is written, revenge belongs to me. I will pay it back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. By doing this, you will pile burning coals of fire upon his head. Don't be defeated by evil, but defeat evil with good. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Be
0: to God. Good, morning. good morning. I wanted to begin this morning by sharing with you a story about young Brandy. 23 years ago, when I was a senior in high school, I had a very troubling experience. In fact, at the time, it felt like it was much more than troubling. I thought my life was over. My dreams of going to college down the drain. My ability to function as an independent adult in this world gone. What happened, you ask? Well, I got a B-plus in calculus. My first and only B in my high school career, and my life was over. Looking back now, though, I think I can safely say that B did not ruin my life. And contrary to my calculus teacher's words of warning, I have not needed those things that she was trying to teach me in order to survive as an adult. I do though have to give her and all of my other math teachers some credit where credit is due. Because there is one phrase they repeated to me over and over and over. And it not only stuck, but I think maybe I've begun to learn its value through the years. I'm pretty sure this is every favorite, every math teacher's favorite saying. Can you guess what it is? Show your work. At the top of every math assignment I brought home from the third grade on were the words, Brandy, you need to show your work. Because I could come up with the right answer. But I always struggled to show the process by which I came to that answer. And if you can't show your work, then the answer doesn't count. Those words have stuck with me, and I know now that they hold a far bigger truth than just elementary math. As we look around at our lives, our church, our world, I can't help but wonder if we as Christians have neglected to show our work. You see, I think we do a fantastic job here in the church, but out there, the moment we walk out those doors, would anyone know that our hearts have been redeemed, that our lives have been transformed by the saving grace of Jesus Christ? Because friends, as Christians, our call is clear. We must show our work. You see, Paul's words in the 12th chapter of his, letters to the, his letter to the Romans, they serve as a per, very practical how-to guide on Christ-like love. Paul spells it out plainly. He says, Christian love is not a fleeting emotion. It's so much more than something we feel. The love that Christ calls us to, it's meant to be at the very center of who we are. It's our way of showing Christ's work in our hearts and in our world. In fact, Paul goes as far as to say, if you really want to know if someone is a follower of Christ, all you have to do is look at their love. Now, I don't mean the easy love. The love that we show our family and friends, but look instead at how they love those who are difficult to love. How do you love those who harass you, those who even harm you? Because that, that's how we show our work as a Christian. Paul's thesis is actually quite simple. Love without action is not really love. And in just 13 verses, Paul lays out two radical displays of love that we are called to live by. The first is what we call sacrificial love in the common english translation as we heard colleen share paul says love should be shown without pretending but i want you to listen for a moment to the new american standard translation here's how it's phrased there it says let your love be free of hypocrisy let your love be free of hypocrisy So if we look closely at these words, let and be, if you were to look them up in that translation, they're actually italicized, and that means they were not actually original words to the Greek text. So the literal translation becomes love without hypocrisy. That's a word we understand, isn't it? Even further, Biblical scholars explain that the Greek word for hypocrisy actually refers to an actor who would wear a mask to portray the emotions of a character. The facial expressions of the character could change with movements of the mask. And so Paul's point is that sincere, real, authentic Christians don't wear masks. True Christians exemplify love. They show it through their work. It's also worth noting here the specific kind of love that Paul is referring to. There are four words used in the Greek language for love. Philia, eros, storge, and agape. With agape being the highest form of love, it's the love most often used to describe the love between God and God's people. And here, Paul uses the word agape, though, to describe not the love between God and people, but between people and people. We should love one another with agape love agape, enupokritus, it means genuine, not hypocritical love. The very opposite of an actor wearing a mask to express himself. This is the kind of love that comes from the heart, not from a script. It's the kind of love that seeks the good of others First before ourselves. That's why we call it sacrificial love. Now there's another use of this phrase. It's usually the kind of love that is reserved between family, both biblically and in our dialect. In verse 10, Paul writes, love each other like members of your family. Hear the word, is philos. You might know the other word we've garnered from this, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Now, we can do that, right? Loving our brothers, loving our family, that's pretty easy most of the time. But what Paul is calling us to is to show that very same kind of love to the people who are not our family. Strangers, those who have no status, even those who harass you. Paul says even they deserve our genuine, our sacrificial love. That's a kind of love that requires us to show our work. After this, Paul goes on to list 12 more desired behaviors of a true Christ follower. Love was the first, and love sets the tone for all the others, and he says all the other Christian behaviors will grow out of love because they are a natural expression of it. You have to get the first part right, and then everything else will follow. Now, in the remaining verses of this passage, Paul concentrates on what we might call the unlovable people in our lives. He even takes it a step much further, and he says, even our enemies. Now, I think our natural instinct as humans is to seek revenge. When someone hurts me, I want to hurt them back. I was listening to a comedian on the radio just the other day, and he was talking about road rage. There's just something about driving that really brings out the worst in us, doesn't it? Anyway, the comedian was explaining how much he hates tailgaters. Those people who are in such a hurry that they come up two feet from your back bumper. And for some reason, they think that is going to make you want to speed up. But, of course, what do we do when someone is tailgating us? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's universal. Slow down, maybe a brake check or two. Anyway, he went on to explain that when someone is tailgating him, of course he slows down. But then he likes to pull over just a little bit and let them pass. And guess what he does next? now comes the revenge now he is the one doing the tailgating makes perfect sense right but revenge seems to be our nature i can't tell you how many times i've heard my kids say just this weekend you hit me so i hit you back now we're even for a moment Paul writes in verse 17, though, do not pay back evil for evil. He goes on then in the second part of the verse, he says, but show respect for what everyone else believes is good. We aren't so good at that one. But Paul gives us a hint. The words he uses for respect, prono it literally means to take thought Beforehand. Paul is instructing us to think about what we will do in these situations ahead of time. Allow ourselves to be prepared to respond when someone brings harm to us. You see, preparing our hearts and our minds to respond in love rather than out of revenge or hate It doesn't come easily it's something we must deliberately think about it's something that we have to practice because responding with mercy and compassion rather than blind rage and revenge it's not our first instinct it takes time it takes thought and it takes practice Finally, Paul concludes the chapter with a series of commands. The last of them being this. He says, don't be defeated by evil, but defeat evil with good. I know we've all heard and maybe even considered the question at times ourselves, does the end justify the means? Like my high school calculus test. If I got the answer right but I didn't show my work, does the answer still count? My teacher made it very clear, and so does Paul. It does not. If we use evil, if we cheat, lie, if we hurt to achieve what we consider a worthwhile end, our means have not only compromised our character, but it's also compromised our witness as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And if anyone is to believe what we say about Christ to be true, our words, our actions, our lives must show the work. Because, friends, when our hearts are transformed by God's grace, grace, will pour out when our lives are filled with god's love love will pour out we are called we are called as followers of jesus christ to show our work to show the world the love and the grace of jesus christ that has redeemed us that brings salvation for all the world to know. Let us pray. Lord of mercy, we come before you now, O God, praying, praying for the power to be gentle, praying for the strength to be forgiving, praying for the patience to be understanding, And we pray now, eternal Father, that our love may be genuine, that we may hold fast to what is true and what is good. For we know that only goodness and mercy and grace can overcome evil. So may your love, O God, pour forth from our lives And may we be for you in this world a beacon of light and hope. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Connie and Kim, for sharing with us this morning. Brothers and sisters, at this time, we have the opportunity today to share in the sacrament of Holy Communion, to recall the gifts, the grace that Jesus Christ has poured out on us, his birth. Life, death, and resurrection allow us to stand in God's presence, to ask for forgiveness, and to know that God is redeeming us each and every day. So, this morning, as we share together in these words of liturgy of Holy Communion, may you know that the grace of Jesus Christ has been poured out on you, that God's love is present in your life. And may these gifts of bread and juice offer you the sustenance that you need to go forth into the world and to also offer love and grace and hope. Will you join me in our liturgy? Brothers and sisters, Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him all who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. (coughs) We confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love.
5: Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is
0: right to give our thanks and grace. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. Through
5: Jesus Christ, His baptism, His suffering, His death, and His resurrection, the church was birthed we were delivered from sin and death.
0: And with us, God made a new covenant through water and the Spirit. And for all these things, with all the people of earth and the company of heaven, we praise God's name and we join the unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. <clears throat> On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took the bread. He gave thanks to God, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, eat, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to God, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us. And we proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. God, pour out your Holy Spirit. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in
5: ministry to the world. Until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours,
0: almighty God, now and forever. Amen. As I remind us each time we share in the sacrament of Holy Communion, may you know that in the United Methodist Church, this table is open to everyone. You do not have to be a member of this church or any church, but simply come with an open heart, with a willingness to receive this gift that God so freely offers us, and to know that the grace of Jesus Christ has been offered to you. At this time, I'd like to invite our communion stewards forward, and I'd like to invite us all to receive today the life, the work, and the love of Jesus Christ. We'll share first with our communion stewards, and then we'll have a station at each corner of the stage up front here, and you'll be invited then to come forward and to receive the sacrament of holy communion. Him, this is the body of Christ broken for you. And this is the blood of Christ shed for you. Thomas, the body of Christ broken for you. And the blood of Christ poured out. We come at this time to offer before God the gifts that God first poured out on us, to offer to God our very lives as a sacrifice. So this morning, as we bring our tithes and our offerings, as we pray God's blessing upon them for the building of the kingdom, I'd like to invite each and every one of us, as you are able, to rise and to sing together the words of our doxology Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Seated as we move into a time of prayer, may we come before God this morning, offering not only our words but offering ourselves. And may we come expecting God to speak. Will you join me in an attitude of prayer? Gracious and faithful Lord. We've come to you this morning into your presence with thanksgiving in our hearts, with praise on our lips. We know, oh God, that in love you created us and in love you sustain us. We know that when we call out, you will answer. When we are exhausted, you will give us strength when we find ourselves overwhelmed by the storms of life, we know that you are always there. And today, O God, we have heard your word and your call. You ask us to love our enemies and yet our hearts yearn for revenge. You command us to pray for those who persecute us, and yet we do what is evil in your sight. Forgive us, Father. Forgive us for our sins. Forgive us and deliver us from hatred and revenge. Open our hearts instead to your mercy and your compassion open our lives to the power of christ's love the very love that was able to overcome all evil and hatred and now lord as your children forgiven redeemed and folded in grace may you hear our prayers we lift up jay epley as he is now home Recovering from a recent medical procedure. Lord, we pray that you will continue to bring healing and wholeness to his body. And may our prayers continue to lift his spirit. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We also lift up to you, O God, Rob McCurdy. Nancy Fleming. Linda Epley, Gary Clawson, and Patty Cribley. Father, we pray that your spirit will be at work bringing strength and healing and peace in each of these lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. And now, Father, in a moment of silence... We lift up to you those unspoken prayers that lie on our hearts today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Father, we pray. We pray today for the faith and the patience to recognize your presence in our lives. We pray that you will give us the grace to hear your call. That you will give us the courage to follow without hesitation to know that your way is the only way that leads to life. May you help us to see each person in light of the love and grace that you have shown us through Jesus Christ. And may you establish among us your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now, as children of God, forgiven and redeemed, may we stand and join together in our closing song, number 2223, They'll Know We Are Christians By Our Love. Please rise as you are able. Amen. your heart. Have courage and hold on to what is good. Be for the world the love of Christ and a beacon of hope. May the grace of God, the light of Christ, and the power and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen. I'm sorry? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, the parade. Yeah. Uh, wherever you want to put it. Yeah. Is the kitchen the closest for you?